This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Welcome to The Rentals, The Bottom Line, a podcast featuring conversations and interviews with people from around the rental industry, with a look at the challenges, questions, goals, and tips that business owners want to know about and have answered. Welcome to this episode of Rentals, The Bottom Line. I'm your host, Alexis Sheprek. I sat down with Alex Schessler, founder and president of International Group at Smart Equip. We talked about the company's latest acquisition by Ritchie Brothers, what the benefits of that move means to the rental industry, and the future of rental. Let's get to the bottom of that now. Welcome, Alex. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, Alexis. Um, Yeah, I'm uh, Alex Schussler. I'm the founder of a technology company called SmartEquip, which was founded in about, uh, around about 2000, early 2000. And um, I am now um, very much engaged as of uh, about five, 10 years ago. Over the last decade, I've been very much engaged in the company's European growth and, uh, and also more recently other parts of the world. Wow. Well, wonderful. We're so excited to have you on today. And I'm curious, how did you get started in the equipment industry? You know, it's a really weird coincidence. Um, I was actually... A, uh, a junior professor at NYU, and one of the reasons they had hired me uh, was that previously in grad school, I had helped set up a, um, a data center that was being used by both Harvard and MIT. I was a sort of I got my PhD at Harvard uh, before I started teaching at NYU, and while I was doing that, um, or while I had just started to do the same thing at NYU, um, I, through a weird coincidence, uh, got to know. Um, a guy that had just been invited by Caterpillar uh, to return to the company, he had left 10 years earlier, to set up a, an equipment rental network in South America with them. And one of the conditions was that this was going to be a separate company. So he invited me to come aboard and become one of the co-founders. The company was called Caterpillar Rental Services Network. And we ended up uh, working in 45 countries 
um, to set up um, sort of the the optimal rental um, businesses for cat for cat dealers in those countries. Uh, later on, we uh, that that company started adding Europe and the Middle East and some other parts of the world. And so I was involved in that originally from a technology perspective because I had set up these data centers. Uh, but then as I became more involved and my background is in economics, I really did a lot of the modeling, economic modeling for what uh, what's the equipment life cycle? How do you do parts and service for that? So I really fell in love with uh, the uh, the rental industry in particular and, and, and mostly the, um, the equipment industry as a whole. So to the present day, much of what I do is really about the um, economic modeling of, of all the life cycle costs for fleets and uh, both from a manufacturer's and a dealer's perspective on the one hand, uh, but then also for people that own large um, equipment fleets. So it's a weird, it's a weird origin, but, um, but I've been here and I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck here. No, that sounds like a great origin. That is an absolutely amazing beginning. Um, I'm very impressed. So for some background for our listeners here, can you tell us what exactly Smart Equip does? Yeah, um, so I, actually the best way to describe it is um, really to anchor it in that, in that initial um, start in the equipment industry. So when I was doing this work, um, I was with that company for about six years. I, I ultimately was one of the co-founders <clears throat> of the prior company. And what we found is that for cat dealers, um, which had a blended fleet, um, and what that means is they were rental companies, 50% of their fleet roughly um, was Caterpillar equipment. And then they had to offer a bunch of other equipment that Caterpillar didn't produce, uh, such as scissor lifts and, and boom lifts and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so they had what they call the allied fleet. And they had a really tough time finding the right part specification, the right service specification in a fleet of hundreds of different suppliers in some cases. Um, and so we really said, look, there's gotta be a technology solution, especially this was the era of the dot-com. Mm -hmm. um, there's gotta be a technology solution, a purchasing solution that makes it much easier to know that when a piece of equipment needs a part, um, I can electronically purchase that part somewhere. It turns out that there really wasn't. <clears throat> and part of the reason is parts purchasing is very complicated. You cannot purchase a part unless you really understand the service workflow around it. And so, uh, and with all the procurement solutions uh, that were out there, nobody was really paying attention to parts because if you look at the typical fleet owner of all the dollars they spend in any one year, only about you know one and a half percent, one and a half cents of that dollar to two cents really goes in parts. So it's such a small amount financially, uh, but it turns out it's actually the most frequent kind of spend and it's a complicated type of spend and a lot of labor hours tied in with an, an expertise in getting that right. So we ended up uh, building a technology uh, platform and uh, that now allows you that uh, if you're a fleet owner, let's say you're a rental company or a contractor and your asset comes back, and it has your own asset number on it, which is, let's call it one, two, three, four, five. Mm -hmm. As you key in that asset, as it comes back from a job, it recognizes, uh-huh, that piece that you call one, two, three, four, five, our technology is integrated with your fleet management system. So we recognize that's a JLG scissor lift, a 1932E2 with a serial number 54321. And then dynamically, we bring in the, um, uh, all the parts diagrams that pertain not just to that model, but to that serial number. And it, the system tells you which of those parts you have available. And the ones you don't, you just click on them and it'll say, yeah, that could be here tomorrow from your preferred 
uh, supplier uh, from the manufacturer directly or the dealer. And so things that used to take hours and were very error prone are now becoming a byproduct of the, of the repair process itself, saving um, sort of service and parts uh, uh, people a lot of time and, uh, and therefore a lot of cost. And then every time, and the last part to this is every time you, um, you save an hour of uh, repair uh, service time, you've got that equipment available for that extra hour. So you also have a big impact in, in equipment availability and uptime. Right. And you touched on it a little bit just with the time savings and the cost savings, but what are some other reasons why Smart Equip is so important to the rental industry? What kind of benefits is it offering rental? You know, this is a great question to, to talk about now, um, because what was so interesting when we started the company, which is now 20 years ago, we had a really strong hunch that the um, <clears throat> while the immediate benefits that we could show would be in the form of these cost savings, and they're pretty significant. I mean, mm -hmm. to give you an example, the first time we launched our system and did a very formal study was with uh, Sunbelt Rentals uh, about 15 or oh, 18 years ago. And they found that even with a simple version then, the typical uh, mechanic was reclaiming per year. So they had about 2,000 labor hours a year uh, per mechanic. And they were reclaiming per location for that mechanic about 580 hours that, uh, for wrench time, meaning that they now had 580 hours more available uh, in that total of 2,000 that they were actually doing repair as opposed to chasing down information and filling out purchase orders and work orders and and, and returning uh, misordered parts and all that. So, so that was a huge impact. And yes. that alone uh, was a great ROI. But what's so interesting is when you now look back, uh, that number has gone up. We are now close to doubling um, the efficiency of the relative to where we started, doubling the efficiency of the service technician. But if you ask, if you take a step back and ask any fleet that's been using that technology for a long time, they say, yep, all those savings are intact and you're exactly right. But where the real savings or the real economic boom is, is all the uptime improvement. We can now get so much more rental out of that same fleet. Uh, so the uh, financial utilization of the fleet, again, because every time you save an, an hour of repair time, you have that equipment available for that extra time. That is really where the, the I think the biggest importance comes from for the, for the industry. Now, Alex, Smart Equip was recently acquired by Ritchie Brothers. Can you tell us more about that and how it came to be? Yeah, so we've had shareholders uh, involved in our company for uh, coming on 21 years now. And, and there was some fatigue uh, among them. And uh, we also uh, figured, and, and we've been accelerating our growth quite a bit over the last years, not just within North America by offering new products and the like, but also um, doing a lot of international growth. I think I mentioned in the beginning that that's been my main focus. Mm -hmm. So we're now pretty close to being the industry standard in Europe as well. And in the last uh, four years in particular, I've spent a lot of time in Japan uh, where we recently, only recently announced the partnership uh, once we started going live with the first uh, fleets there. Um, so that's, that's, we've had a lot of growth and felt that we needed to, this, this was a good time to recapitalize the company uh, and, and, and do that kind of restructuring. And so we started the process and it was ended up being, there was a lot of interest in the company, um, including among private equity, uh, but we felt uh, that we really wanted to be able to stick to the mission of within the industry that we started in, uh, rental, but also the construction side in general, maybe agriculture and some and transportation, so adjacent verticals. 
And so it was very important for us that we would remain anchored there. That was one part. And the second part is we had always committed to an industry neutrality, um, meaning that uh, it didn't matter who the manufacturer was. It was sort of a, a competitively neutral. We were all Switzerland, we were called by a lot of our customers. So it was very important that when if, if we were going to um, get a new investor, partner, shareholder in, uh, that that would have to be neutral and industry focused. And so um, Richie came on the scene with that. And what was very interesting as we got to know Richie much better, when uh, well, we knew them pretty well to begin with, obviously, but um, looking at their direction over the last couple of years uh, with their uh, relatively new management team, it was fascinating to see how they were um, expanding their scope, uh, moving from a world where they really looked at um, equipment sale at, at auctions and then waiting for the next moment in the equipment life cycle for another moment of sale to happen, uh, to looking at this more horizontally and looking for ways of supporting equipment owners that had acquired machines in these auctions or, or in other by, by other means, and mm -hmm. finding uh, technologically, finding ways to supporting the entire equipment lifecycle. So, so there was such a marriage of vision, um, especially in terms of how both our companies developed in the last couple of years. The neutrality was important to both of us. Um, we are going to be uh, pretty much continuing as an independent entity. Um, so it, it really it was, a, was a tremendous uh, strategic fit. And most importantly, um, with Richie's presence around the world, it makes it a lot easier for us to add our, to our headcount by sort of snapping into that infrastructure, as it were. Um, so that's, that, that was really uh, where, where a lot of the interest came from. Yeah, that's great. It's great when uh, two companies with a similar vision can come together for the benefit of the industry. And that leads us into the next question here, where it's, what does this mean for customers or the industry at large? There are obviously benefits. So can you talk about them a little bit? Yeah, I think um, in, in some ways, one, one of the things that comes out of that is uh, we've had um, we've had customers, and I always it's so often prefer to use the word partners and customers, because a lot of them have been with us. And every time a new uh, manufacturer rental company comes on, it sort of further establishes the, the industry standardization of smart equipment. So, so in a way, it's, it's, it's all by means of partnership. And I think for a lot of them, uh, there was always a bit of a nervousness. Uh, they knew that we were a private company. And at some point, uh, shareholders don't want to last forever and stick around forever. So at some point, uh, something's going to change. And I think there was always a fear that maybe a large manufacturer, or a large fleet owner, uh, maybe some other uh, technology company uh, might buy us. So I think there was a tremendous sigh of relief uh, that we really stuck to the mission of staying industry neutral and, and, uh, and, and really focused on the equipment life cycle within the industry that we started with. So I think that's, that's one thing uh, that's great. But the other thing that I'm personally even more, so that's a relief to these partners that might have feared otherwise. Um, the, the other side that, that excites me the most is it really just allows us to further accelerate our growth. Uh, we've been growing faster and faster um, over the last uh, five years in particular. Um, the international expansion is a big part of that. And I think now we have sort of a lot more resources. Uh, we're entirely debt-free um, from a capital structure. Uh, so there's no interest uh, to serve. We have sort of far more free cash flow from operations. So the ability to reinvest ourselves uh, in this growth is, is quite a bit higher uh, on the one hand. 
And then at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, having a uh, an HR infrastructure to snap into and so forth for us to put people on the ground in new markets around the world is now also made a great deal easier. So I think, I think, you know, I, I, I fervent hope, but really what guided this mission is really that um, that people will find us to be significantly more responsive as we're able to dedicate more and more resources uh, to this growth. And you just said it, you're planning on growing. This opportunity is going to accelerate that growth, but I'm curious what's to come for Smart Equip after this acquisition? I think, so So that's the other uh, concern that people had originally, both when they figured at some point there's going to be an acquisition, and then also when they heard about this one, uh, is this one of those where we all leave? And it's, right. it's quite the opposite. Uh, we're, we're all in, uh, there's, there's no change in, uh, we have all the same employees. The management team actually had to recommit uh, to quite a number of years of staying on that was part of the, uh, the acquisition deal, which again, to us was important um, because it demonstrated again that this is a stay the course um, acquisition, um, which again, I think is important to, 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 to the industry for us as a whole. Um, but it really is about growth. Um, and uh, I, again, I'm, I'm personally most involved in the international side of it. Uh, I think we're, uh, we're in a very good place in Europe. The, uh, you know, and, and the reason I mentioned Europe, by the way, in terms of the, so where do we grow is, is the question. So Europe is a big part and so is the Asia Pacific area. And the reason for that is the rental industry is sort of trending toward becoming a $150 billion industry. Mm -hmm. um, just under half of that is in North America. So Canada and, and the US primarily. And uh, much of the other half is sort of divvied up between Europe and APAC. And APAC is Asia Pacific, and that starts with Japan in the north and stretches down to Australia uh, and everything in between. And we are now uh, very close to standardizing in Japan with a partnership we have there. Uh, and so that's, those are the three parts of the world where we're focused, and that's where most, most of the growth will be, uh, will be concentrated. And I have two more generalized questions for you to end our time together. And the first one is, what is the future of the rental industry? You know, I think uh, this is a really, really interesting time. And I've mm -hmm. done a lot of work in the last three, four months. And I just gave a uh, talk at the European Rental Association two weeks ago in Amsterdam, um, which is which was backward looking in terms of what have the technology developments been over the last 20 years and why have they had such a headwind? Um, this is not the, an industry that picks up new technology very quickly. Um, it took us a lot longer to become a standard than I think we had originally hoped or, or expected, um, but, but we got there. But what's so interesting is we now have all these technology spot solutions in place uh, we have telematics, although we increasingly call it Internet of Things or IoT, um, because there's intelligence. It's not just that we measure what's going on on machines uh, remotely. We're actually uh, putting some intelligence around that. We've become much, much better at service automation, telling the service uh, mechanic what to do when, um, depending on what is what machine is needed and what their skill set is. And then uh, what we're focused on, which is partly that service efficiency. In addition to that, we have all these purchasing integrations. So procurement uh, as a whole has become a lot better. And what is so interesting to watch is that the big breakthroughs that are happening now 
are not driven by new technologies coming in. I mean, there will always be new solutions coming, but taking all of these spot solutions, whether it's telematics, IoT, whether it's service optimization, whether it's what we're doing on procurement and stringing them together in optimizing this whole new workflow. And what people are finding is the industry is going to be, is already becoming so much more efficient in, in, in a number of different ways, operationally efficient. Uh, and what you can do in saving money and increasing profitability uh, by using that technology to make your operations more efficient is always much, much greater than the amount of money you might be able to save by buying less expensive parts, less expensive equipment, and so forth. So, so I think this is uh, the future of the industry is really now accelerating uh, operational efficiency growth in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. And going hand in hand with that, what technological advancements do you think we can expect to see change the equipment world in the near future? So I think there are two classes of that. Um, there's one class that I already mentioned, um, and that's sort of the you know IoT slash telematics side, uh, the service optimization, the purchasing procurement stuff we do, and the real-time intelligent or dynamic um, equipment support that when a technician walks up to a machine on their iPad, they already have, or on their tablet device, they already have the right diagrams for that particular asset number and serial mm -hmm. number without having to look for that. All of that, there'll, there'll be further refinements, but, the, but uh, on that class of things, the big part will be all of this plugging together more seamlessly. And I think that's, that's one side. So I touched on that earlier. But the other one that I haven't mentioned yet, and where I think there's still a lot of technology and a lot of innovation being done, is in what's called generally called predictive uh, maintenance and predictive repair. And that is using all of the information that uh, machines produce through telematics and IoT and analyzing that in real time and comparing it to what all the other machines are doing. And everybody's heard about um, machine learning and uh, AI for artificial intelligence and so forth uh, in, in, in interpreting all of that. And then really starting to do repairs uh, before equipment failure happens. Um, so that I think is still where, so on the one hand, we've got taking all these uh, technologies that were established in the last uh, 15 years, 10 to 15 years in particular, and stringing them together more intelligently. Um, that sort of string together the existing spot solutions. And I think the new frontier that is still about to join all of that is really this ability to, to predict failure before it happens. And that'll be another big impact, I think, on the equipment uptime. Absolutely. And thank you so much for joining me today. It was wonderful to get your insight. And we can't wait to see what happens next with Smart Equip. And thank you very, very much for having me. And that is our episode for you today. A big thank you to Alex for joining us. Tune in every other Tuesday for another episode of Rentals, the bottom line on 4constructionpros.com. And don't forget to subscribe now so you can stay on top of the bottom line. Thanks for listening.